Welcome to Bite Size Podcast. It has been long. Today I'd like to share a message with you that God has laid in my heart. I will be doing this for the rest of this month of December. Apologies are in order for abruptly cutting our episodes for the past month or so. Circumstances beyond our control had forced us to do so. But we're back and ready to again engage in the rich word of our wonderful Lord and Savior. This is an episode of Extra Bite, which ushers in a month of Extra Bite episodes as we wrap up 2020. Please stay tuned because we have more exciting plans for 2021. One of those plans is we will be launching our bite-sized website in January of 2021. We will have more discussion on the Word of God and written essays on the Word of God. But more detail on the website and what more to expect in 2021 will follow before the end of December. For today, let's take an extra bite. Our topic for today's extra bite is vanity of vanities. We start in the book of Psalms, chapter 127, and we'll read verses 1 and verses 2. It reads like this. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved to sleep. Building without a master builder is a waste of time. Building without a master plan is just asking for disaster. You know, even in our daily lives, if you want to build a house, first you need to see an architect so you can sketch and draw the master plan according to specifications. And those that build should follow the specifications that have been drawn by the architect. It is the same with our lives, that unless God is the architect of our lives, then whatever we build in our lives, we build in vain. I really like what David is saying here. He says, except the Lord build a house, they that build labor in vain. It means it's only when God is the master builder that your labor has meaning. You see, it is possible to be found in the presence of God doing work or building what God has not told you to build. 
not given you the anointing to do. If you find yourself in this place, your work, all of it, is vanity. A chasing after the wind. In fact, it is possible to do good work, but not the right work according to God. You see, when God has given you work to do, it is the right work. It might not be necessarily good sometimes, but it is right. Now, before you get all excited, let me explain myself. You see, when God in certain instances in the Old Testament sent some of his prophets to the nation of Israel, he would command them to do right, but not necessarily good. Let me give you an example. You see, it was right for Elijah to kill the prophets of Baal. It was not good, but it was right because they were leading the nation astray and away from God. And God needed to take away that that disruption. He needed to take away those that were leading people astray so that he can lead people back to himself. You see, it was right for Elijah to ask the widow who had a little flour left and a little oil to make him first a cake before making one for herself and her son. You know, the widow, when Elijah approaches her, the widow says, I have enough for me and my son to eat and die. If Elijah lived with us today, would call him all sorts of names. We would speak about how unloving how unsympathetic and how uncaring he was in requesting the widow to first make for him. But what Elijah understood was that the widow was commanded by God to feed him. So he understood that the meal and the oil would not run out that the widow would not die because God had told him that the widow was going to take care of him. In fact, let us go and read it in the book of Hes Kings, chapter 17, verses 7 to verse 9. It reads like this. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So Elijah knew that his sustenance was dependent on this widow. That is why he was bold to ask the widow to do, to make for him first the food before making for herself and her son. Saints, 
we need to examine ourselves and find out exactly what God has not only called us to do, but also has anointed us for. You see, when we do this, we allow him to fully use us in his master plan. We also allow ourselves to receive everything that he has for us. The Bible tells us that the steps of a righteous man are ordered and directed by God. When we do this, we allow God to order and direct our steps. Unless the Lord build a house, they labor in vain, they that build it. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and in verse 3, reads like this. It says, What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? I, I like how Solomon puts this. Uh, he's trying to tell us that there is no profit to the labor that we set ourselves. Because nothing gained in this world can ever be taken with when we depart. You see, the labor that has profit for us, even beyond this world, is the labor that follows the instruction of God. Unless God builds a house, they labor in vain. In fact, Jesus in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 19 to 21, reminds us of something. It reads like this. He says, Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth, where moth and rust that corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If we allow God to be the architect and the master builder of our lives, then we lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. But for this we must remember that the Apostle Paul calls us first to die to self so that Christ can live in us. He calls us to lay down all that we are so that Christ can be evident in our lives. He calls us to be new creatures, not to be new human beings. In fact, this is so important. I want us to go and read it. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we'll read just verse 17 and 18. If you read before that, the Apostle Paul says, We consider that if one died, then all died. And if all died, then it is no longer I that live, but Christ in me. But verse 17 and 18 read like this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus, and hath given us, given to us the ministry of reconciliation. The Apostle Paul says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You see, by being in Christ, we are supposed to be completely new species of human beings. Not led by our selfish ambitions or by our emotions, but fully led by the Spirit of God and displaying the true nature of Christ in all we do. This is how we escape the vanity of human ventures in order to be men and women of purpose by completely laying down our lives so that Christ can live in us and fulfill his purpose for our lives. The Apostle Paul in this passage of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now there's a few questions I want to ask before I end today. How many of us really have let go of old things? You see, unless we let go of old things that means we have not been truly transformed it means we are not truly new creatures it means we are not truly in Christ how many of us have been completely renewed I know it's a process but are we walking that process of renewal every day or are we holding on to things that are detrimental to our walk with Christ? How then do we claim to be in Christ if we do not fulfill the criteria that the Apostle Paul sets out in this passage of 2 Corinthians chapter 5? Because he sets out a criteria that we should die to ourselves that we should become new creatures, that we should let go of old things, and that all things must become new. If we claim to be in Christ, yet continue to live in our old ways, yet continue to do the things we used to do before we were in Christ, yet continue to hold on to the sin that we used to live in before we knew him. And guess what? All our toil, all our work is vanity of vanities, a chasing after the wind. Brothers and sisters, Today I want to urge you, as we wrap up this year of 2020, choose Christ and do not hold on to old things. Do not hold on to your old ways. 
they have never brought you any profit. The Bible asks a question, what profiteth a man to gain the whole world, yet lose his soul? You see, we need to choose to be made new in Christ and to fully surrender our lives to Him because He is the only one capable of renewing our lives and putting us on a path to fulfilling our destiny. He is the only one who is capable of renewing us. He is the only prophet we need. And it is through living according to his prescript and according to his will and his word that we are able to store for ourselves treasures in heaven where moth does not eat. We were born to live a life of purpose. But the only way we live a life of purpose is if we go back to the source of our purpose and as if we choose to live according to His will for our lives. Well, friends, we'll end our discussion here today. Please join us again for this month of December as we'll be sharing some of the messages from the Word of God that is laid in our heart. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Extra Bite. May God bless you and keep you. Well, friends, if you want to get in contact with us or you have questions about this episode, past episodes, or any Bible-related question you might have, you can do so through our social media pages, Facebook, we are bite-sized. On Twitter, it's at bite underscore word. On Instagram, it's bite word. Or you can send us an email on bite-sized0 at gmail.com. Again, thank you for tuning in. And goodbye.